You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening, and let's check it out. So, uh, everyone's heard of TikTok. We all have feelings about it, good feelings or bad feelings. Like, it doesn't matter how you feel about TikTok, it exists, it's a thing. We live in this era of, uh, like, it, it, they call it the influencer era, right? Uh, TikTok, last year in 2022, they generated an estimated $4.6 billion in revenue. That's billion with a B. Billion. And it's estimated by the end of 2022 that there's going to be $100.8 billion, again, with a B, uh, users on that platform. So no matter how you feel about it, if you just think like, oh, it's a bunch of noise, it's a waste of time, it's here. And there are influencers on TikTok. And I feel like one influencer has, for me personally, risen above the rest. And I'd like to share him with you tonight. So can we please play that first video? Hey, my friend. Today, are you okay? Tell me. <laughs> you see me handsome? <laughs> you know, you're not too long. The one has abandoned you. Don't give up hope. It's time to love to fight. It's time to love. <laughs> His name is Soy Soy Teit Soy Teit Soy Teit. I'm saying it wrong. He's he's Vietnamese, and he loves to sing and enjoy life and make people happy. And I think we should watch a second video. Can you play let's play the second video? Have faith and believe in yourself and love all life. Never give up, climb to the top of the mountain, and so cream, yeah. <laughs> that one might be my favorite. Uh, here's the thing. I'm not making fun of him. I wouldn't do that to Soya Yeet. I would, like, never dare. Honestly, like, he's an inspiration. Uh, he has, like, millions of followers on TikTok. He brings joy and happiness to this dark world. <laughs> and, uh, I like, th- like, think what you will about him. You might make fun of him. I don't. I like, I think he's the real deal. Uh, he's collabed with Wiz Khalifa. Like, you haven't done that. I haven't done that. And I think there's like, there's life lessons that we can learn from Soyait. <laughs> I'm Soyait. Uh, but before, I think we should watch one more video. Hey, my friends, today's your day. Everyone is coming to you. I will sing for you. I want to see you smile. Cheer. <laughs> Yo. Cheer. <laughs> Yo. I, I, like, I, I like him so much. I would never dare make fun of him. I, I, I genuinely enjoy him. I think like, he brings me happiness. And here's some lessons we can learn from Soyi. Number one, be yourself. You can tell from the, his post that he's, he's goofy. He's a goofball. He's fun-loving, he's creative, and I think he's pretty chill. Number two is confidence. Oh my gosh, did you see his confidence? 
he's oozing confidence. Like if I could have like half of that confidence, I'd be like set. I think we should all strive for Soyaid's confidence. And you might say like, oh, Josh, that's like misplaced confidence. No, he knows exactly what he's doing. That man is a genius. He's like, he's decided like, you know what? I'm gonna, I like to sing and I'm gonna sing and I'm gonna make people happy because lesson number three, opportunities everywhere. Soyaid's on a rice farm in Vietnam and we're talking about him. Like, right? Like, well, I'm talking about him and then you have to listen because I'm up here. But and he's also not looking to take advantage of people. People have offered him over $1,000 to do like birthday shout outs and stuff. And he's turned them down because he was like, like no, no, that's too much money. Like, I'll do it for 100 but I don't want to take advantage of you because like, I'm not a singer and I don't need that much money. We should all strive to be more like so yeah, eat, right? I have another video. Of course I do. Bree told me, she was like, because, yeah, I got, like, way too many. And she was like, read the room. Like, don't play them all. I think you guys want to see one more. <coughs> don't worry me. My friends, if this world abandons you, don't worry. I will come to you, tell you my life story. You know, it's beautiful and sing to you. Yeah, yeah. He deserves every bit of like the applause he got. Another lesson we can learn is that uh, it's a choice to be happy. Here's the thing, we choose to be happy. Happiness is a choice. Abraham Lincoln, there's a famous quote that says, folks are usually about as happy as they might make their minds up to be. And studies have shown that happiness, our happiness levels, are 40% choice. Just us choosing to be happy. Like, sure, there's like 60% other factors, but 40% is not a small number. 40% of our happiness levels is just saying, like, I'm going to choose to be happy today. Don't worry, we will actually read the Bible today. I'm like, some of you guys are worried, like, what are we doing? Like, why'd they let this guy up here? If... Uh, Everyone wants to go. They're in the notes app. Uh, we're going to be in Philippians today. We're going to read Philippians 1, 1 through 11 in the NIV. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all of God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of our partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best, what may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Isn't that good? So if you haven't guessed it, I'm talking about joy and happiness. 
Here's um, some stats that I thought were interesting about people that are happy. Happier people are less likely to catch a common cold. Happy people are healthier. Happiness has a positive effect on heart health. They're less likely to develop coronary heart diseases. And then this one, I think you'll like this one. This one's crazy. Um, People who smile live an average of seven years longer than people who don't smile. Just smiling. Smiling is free. Smiling doesn't cost us anything. Smiling, again, is a choice. Oh, we got like people started like looking at each other in here. <laughs> but like, like smiling is a choice. You choose to smile or not smile. Uh, if you hate smiling, put a pin in your mouth. It, putting a pin in your mouth activates the same muscles you use when you smile and you trick your brain into thinking you're sm- smiling and it releases serotonin and you actually become happy. Isn't that crazy? Everyone's going to be like walking around after service with pins in their mouth. <laughs> but isn't that, isn't that crazy? Seven years longer. So we're in Philippians. Philippians is considered the happiest book in the Bible. The words like joy and rejoice, that kind of verbiage, is used 17 times in such a small book. Philippians isn't long. It's four chapters. And it was written by Paul while he was in prison, waiting his execution. I think anytime we're reading uh, the scriptures, it's important to know context. Like Pastor Troy always says, like we should know the context of the scriptures we're reading. And I think anytime we talk about Paul, it's important to remember who this dude was. See, because before he was Paul, he was Saul. And Saul was a bad guy. Saul helped kill Christians. He persecuted Christians. And then in Acts, we found out that uh, he had an encounter with Jesus. There's one encounter with Jesus, and he was completely transformed. Because we, we know that all it takes is just one encounter with Jesus to change our lives, Right? I want to bring this up to you today because no matter how much you've sinned or how far you think you've gone, you're not too far for God's grace. If he can use Saul, he can use you, and he wants to use you. Amen? So he's writing to the church in Philippi from a prison cell, and the theme of this letter, Philippians, its overarching theme is just joy. And joy is different than happiness. Two aren't the same. Uh, happiness is temporary. A lot of times it can be like circumstantial. Happiness comes and goes. Again, we can decide when we're happy or not. Uh, joy is different. Joy is eternal. Joy comes from the Lord. Joy has a different source. And so where does joy start? I think joy starts with gratitude. If we read Philippians and we take the advice from Paul, gratitude is the seed of joy. S- starts with gratitude. Studies uh, from psychologists and sociologists show that the biggest factor of happiness isn't money, fame, or success, that it's actually gratitude. It's being grateful for things. I like this because uh, science is finally catching up with the Bible. Like time and time again, these studies and research just like end up lining up with God's word. The more grateful you are, the happier you are. The more joy you have. Gratitude's like a great gateway drug for joy. 
If you want to have healthy relationships, you have to start to like borrow a phrase from Big Jim, an attitude of gratitude. Can you guys hear him saying that? <laughs> I look a little different from Big Jim, but I feel like I can say attitude of gratitude with the same. <laughs> See, the problem is, is that the longer that we know someone, the easier it is and more likely we are to take them for granted. The longer we know someone, it, the easier it is to focus on that person's faults and the bad times instead of the happy times. Because here's, here's the thing, it's, it's, it's so easy to, to be mean to the people we love. I don't know why that is. Maybe because, like, we know they'll still love us. And it's, it's easy to be, like, nice to strangers. But for some reason, like, a lot of us struggle with being nice and being grateful for the people we love the most. And it sounds, like, backwards because it is. But it's crazy because that's the truth for most of us. And maybe we need to be more grateful for the people God has given us in our life. I also think we need to be grateful for the season of life we're in. I'm in a different season. I've never been in this season before. I'm figuring it out. Uh, I stepped into a new position here at the church earlier this year. Uh, my oldest son is about to turn 10. He thinks he's a teenager already. Uh, I'm going to be like sticking a pen in his mouth if you see him walking around the lobby. My second son, uh, he just started, we just started football. And so, like, that's different for us. I'm very proud of him. Uh, they're number one in their age division. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud. Is Anthony in here? Go future. Move those chains, boys. Did I say that right? We move chains? Yeah, move them chains, boys. They play, they have their last game of their season. Tomorrow night, they're in their number one. And then they start like playoffs and Super Bowls and we're like real excited. But it's just, it's been like a different season and we're just, we're figuring it out. Uh, I'm tr- figuring out how to raise a daughter. Very different from two boys. I'm also been trying to figure out how to be a good husband, a good son, a good brother a good friend, I'm about to learn how to become an uncle. And uh, I don't my my season might look different from your season. You might be in a different season. You might be older. You might be younger. But it's so easy just to, like, let these seasons fly by and just take them for granted. See, our friend uh, Soyait, uh, when he was younger, he almost died. He got sick. I think it was like acute pneumonia. Uh, he like almost didn't make it, barely survived. And when he did, he decided that he was going to make the most of life. That he was going to enjoy life and be happy. I have one more video. <laughs> Is it okay? Okay. Yo, you know, today is beautiful, I am beautiful, and you are beautiful, too. (laughs) (coughs) (laughs) Soya eats living in the moment, right? 
Um, a couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to hear Pastor Tommy Barnett, who's like a legend in the body of Christ. And uh, it was interesting. I went with uh, Daniel, Brother Daniel, Brother Daniel, and, uh, and Big Jim. And Pastor Tommy, during his message, he said something. And it wasn't even like what his message was about. He just like, he said it really fast and then moved on. And then Brother Daniel was like, he's like, tell me what you got out of the message, man. And I, I told him because uh, like when Pastor Tommy said this, it was like, like gut punch. That's not where the gut is, is it, Pastor Sean? <laughs> gut punch. And, and like, it, was, it was such a small part. I'm so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Pastor Troy, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Pastor Troy, Miss Julie, bonjourno. Um, it was, but it was like such a small part. It wasn't what his message was about. It was such a small part. Daniel and, and Big Jim like didn't even remember it because it, like again, it was, but it was just like, it was such a small part and the Holy Spirit was like, hey, hey dummy, like this is, this is for you. I want you to catch this. He said, Start being in the moment because you're missing out. And I started, I started crying. And I was like, whoa, why am I crying? What's going on? And Holy Spirit's like, just like, like think about it. Like stop and reflect. I was missing out on so much that God was giving me. Because seasons don't last forever. That's why they're called seasons. We don't know like how many moments we're guaranteed with the people we love. And like stuff, like life happens, stuff moves so fast. And God was telling me like, I'm giving you gifts. I'm giving you moments with the people you love and your brain's somewhere else. Like you're worried about like, oh, I'm so busy. We got to do this. I'm thinking about this. We'd rather be here. Like, I think we, we all do that, right? So I think we got to be moment, be present. When I started doing that, when I got home, I was very intentional just like anytime I'm with anyone, just to be present and be in the moment. And it's hard at first. It's still kind of hard. But I can tell you the effect that it's had on my life is kind of crazy. So I think if, if you decide to be present, I think you'll be surprised the difference it's going to make in your life. Here's some quotes. Everyone loves quotes. Happiness is not about getting all you want. It's about enjoying all you have. Another quote by Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa, as Pastor Troy says, right? Does he say that? <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> uh, be happy in the moment. That's enough. Each moment is all we need, not more. Mother Teresa. Another lesson we can take from Paul's letter in Philippians is focus on the good times. We got to remember what God has said because I feel like a lot of us have lost our joy or we can't find our joy because we forgot how good God is. And we serve a good God. So we, I think we need, having a f difficult time finding our joy. We just got to remember everything God has done good in our lives. We need to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness, his goodness. Gratitude doesn't come naturally by nature. We just aren't grateful. Uh, we always want more. We always want something different. Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. 
In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Uh, Paul's grateful. But the thing is, he didn't have a good time in Philippi. Like, like no good, bad time. He had a hard time starting the church. When he got there, he was like, he was beaten, whipped, humiliated. He was falsely arrested, thrown into prison, survived an earthquake. And then after all that, the, the leaders of the city politely asked him to leave. <laughs> it's probably like, the biggest sting. Like, it's probably so like, for him. Like, excuse me, Paul. You mind... But like he, that's, that sounds like a bad time, right? Like, I don't want any of that. But after all that, Paul still says, every time I think of you and our time together, I give thanks. And I think it's important to remember who's Paul talking to, because every time I think of you, a lot of times we read the Bible and we just like stick, our, stick ourselves in there. But Paul's talking to the people that he spent time with in Philippi. When he first got there, one of his first encounters was the demon-possessed girl, right? And so I think Paul's remembering casting that demon out. And one of the first things he did was like show God's glory and God's power. He's remembering that. He's remembering Lydia who opened up her church, or opened her, her home to the church and resourced the church. I'm sure she faced persecution. Lydia didn't care. Lydia, she was, uh, what does the Bible say? Tactiles and uh, she made like clothes she was like she was a uh, she was a prominent figure in philippi and she helped resource resource the church and i think it's interesting that women have been helping resource the church for over 2000 years can we be grateful for some women in the church uh it sounds like paul was even grateful for his time in prison because i don't know if you remember he ended up leading his prison guard to christ <laughs> So Paul had painful memories. We all have painful memories. Life happens to all of us. But instead of choosing to quit, instead of choosing to like just think of everything bad, he chose to be grateful for the people in his life and all the good that God had given him, right? We also know that positive prayer makes strong relationships. Paul says in Philippians 1.4, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. So what he did is he remembered them, and when he remembered them, he became thankful. When he became thankful, he got joyful. See, Paul just didn't pray for the people in his life. He prayed with joy. And I think we can all do that more. Like, a lot of times, if we think of, like, how we pray, you know, we pray in faith. Sometimes we pray out of fear and anxiety, too. But I don't want to be the only time that I'm coming to God is when I need something. Sometimes I just want to go to him and thank him and be grateful, right? If we want to learn how to have joy in our lives, we have to learn how to pray with joy. Like, Josh, you don't know my life. You don't know the people that I have to deal with. What I do know is that you can't change other people. You can only change yourself. But you can pray for other people. And when you pray for other people, you just trust that God's going to do his thing, right? Here's what doesn't work either, is complaining. <laughs> complaining doesn't work, I've tried. <laughs> uh, but prayer does. 
the quickest way to change a bad relationship into a good one is start praying for the other person. Because when you start praying for the other person, interesting thing, it'll change you. And when you change, your circumstances change. And then it, for some reason, the people around you change. You're like, I don't even know where to start, like praying for other people. Interesting, we just read it. Paul told us. It says in Philippians 9 through 11, this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth and insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So from these verses, we can learn to pray for the people in our lives in four ways. Number one, we pray that they grow in love. It says, this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge, in depth, and insight. Number two, we can pray that they make wise choices so that you may be able to discern what is best. Three, that they live with integrity and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And then four is that they become like Jesus, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So I would encourage you, pray these over yourself. Pray these over yourself and pray these over the people in your life and know that it'll work. Why? Because it's in the Bible. It's God's word. I think what's interesting too is that um, the scripture says, filled with the fruit, and the first two fruits of the Spirit are love and joy. That wasn't in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> my last point tonight, if Reed's here, <laughs> that's so fun to say, if Reed's here, if my boy's here, <clears throat> he can come out whenever he wants, is that happy, happy people see ya. He loves attention. Little thing, yeah, the thing you don't know about Reed, loves attention. <laughs> He's my best friend. Uh, happy people, my last point as we're wrapping up tonight, is that happy people see God's bigger picture. Happy people have a larger perspective on life. When you don't see things from God's point of view, the way that God sees it, it's easy to become discouraged, it's easy to become frustrated, and it's easy to become unhappy and lose our joy. Because we make a plan, and a lot of times our plans don't work out. We just have to trust that God has a plan. So no matter what's going on in your life, know that God is working out a plan. And Paul knew this because in the next verse in... Philippians 1.12, it says, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. Because Paul knew this, just because he didn't like the position he was in, just because he didn't like his circumstance, his situation, he wasn't going to let it rob him from joy, from a position of power. So, if you don't like situation you're in 
If you wish your circumstances were different, if things didn't go according to plan, if life throws you curveballs, don't let it steal your joy because you don't know what God's plan is. Paul didn't even fully know what God's plan was. Ever since Paul became a Christian on the road to Damascus, he had like one dream, one goal, and that was to preach in Rome. See, at the time, Rome was like the center of the universe. It was the, the most important city. And Paul wanted to go there and it was his dream to preach the gospel. It was his dream to preach the gospel in the most important city in the world. That was Paul's plan. But God had another plan. Instead of sending Paul to Rome to preach, he ended up being a prisoner. Surprise, Paul got thrown in jail again. <laughs> uh, he was a royal prisoner to Caesar. And at the time, it was Nero, who was a very, very bad man. But as a prisoner, uh, Paul was chained to a royal guard 24 hours a day for two years. And the guards were changed every four hours. So theologians believed that Paul was able to witness to over 4,000 guards. So that wasn't Paul's plan, but we for sure know two things. Number one, that uh, the Bible says in Philippians 4 that within that two years, some of Nero's own family became believers because of Paul. The very man who threw him in prison, his family ended up getting saved. And secondly, it's kind of hard to get a guy like Paul to stop moving. I feel like Paul would fit in right here at Church on the Move. <laughs> He's a go-getter. And, uh, but in prison, Paul was forced to be still. And as a result, he wrote most of the New Testament. I wonder, like, what has a bigger impact? Would it have been, like, Paul preaching in the Colosseum, which would have been, like, that would have been cool. That would have been really cool. Or is it Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians? What had a bigger impact? I can't even, like, wrap my mind around, like, what the gospel, like, just those seven books have done not only for the history of the world, but for the history of eternity. Everyone could bow their head and close their eyes. See, Paul knew that God had a bigger plan so he could be happy. He still had joy because he saw that God could still do something through his problem, through his situation. Maybe tonight you've lost your joy. Maybe you think you've never had it. Maybe you're just like so down, so beat up. Life's throwing you so many curveballs that you just feel like quitting. I tell you tonight that the joy of the Lord's right here for you to take. So if Paul can be an encouragement, you just not to give up. Because we don't know God's plan. We do know this, that God's plan is greater than our plan. So tonight, if, if you're here and you don't know the source 
of this joy that we've been talking about all night. If you don't know Jesus Christ, if he hasn't, if you haven't accepted him as Lord and Savior of your life, we're gonna do that together tonight. And it's gonna be just like a real easy prayer. The Bible says all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. So here in a minute, we're gonna pray just, it's a really simple prayer. It's the easiest thing you'll ever do in your life and it'll have the biggest impact on you. So tonight, if you need the joy that we've been talking about, if you need the joy of the Lord, if you'd like to ask Jesus to become Lord of your life, if you're ready to stop living for yourself, living your own plan and start living for God and start trusting God, or if you've lost your joy and you're just ready to come home, we're gonna pray tonight and it's gonna be real simple, real fast prayer, but I'm gonna ask two things. One of them is if you just raise your hand just so I know who you're, just so I know who I'm praying with tonight. So right now, the count of three, if you'd raise your hand. One, two, three. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Secondly, I ask that you just repeat this prayer after me. And then as you say it, you're not only saying these words, but you truly believe them and you mean them. So repeat after me. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your love and your joy. Thank you for dying on the cross. You don't take that lightly, Lord. I'm ready to stop living for myself and live for you. That you are Lord of my life. From this day on, I do my very best to live for you. Father, thank you for all you've done and all you are. Thank you for the joy that's on our lives. In your mighty, powerful name, amen. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.